Hi, this is Charlie. And this is Carol. From Israelism's podcast. At www.israelisms.com. And you found one of our favorite podcasts, the podcast that put Fort Dodge, Iowa on the map. You, you are, are the, the guest, guest with, with Bill Grady. Grady. Welcome to You Are the Guest, a weekly show where you can be the guest and tell people what you and your friends and neighbors think about news events and issues of the day. It's part talk show, part opinion poll, part reality show, and a whole lot of fun. And it's completely dependent upon your participation as a guest. To be considered as a guest for a future show, check out the website at www.youaretheguest.com for details. Now here's your program host, Bill Grady. Greetings from the great city of Fort Dodge, Iowa, and welcome to show 22 of You Are the Guest, the show where we talk to everyday people just like you and me about their lives and about the issues of the day. Our guest today is from Singapore. Malcolm, welcome to You Are the Guest. Hello, everybody. Good day. Malcolm, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and about your life? Well, everybody, I'm... 21-year-old, I don't know if you call it a youth or man, a 21-year-old male, living in a sunny, tropical Singapore where the weather is always around 30 degrees Celsius, somehow in the 90 Fahrenheit, and uh, the humidity is very high. I'm now serving the nation and, and the Navy as a security personnel where I have to stand guard at the gates, waiting for some trouble to uh, make us all run around and uh, chase a person. So uh, every Singapore male has to serve two years in the military. Some get to serve in the fire service or in the police, but majority of us have to serve in the military. I'm uh, having a diploma in uh, electronics and computer engineering. I just finished that last year before I started to serve. And uh, yes, this is how I see. For my life here, I think uh, I would love to emigrate overseas and uh, there's been a lot of talking in a local scene where people say, "Going, where do they like to go? Australia is quite a popular place, but for me, uh, I'm thinking of emigration, but I've not thought of uh, any uh, particular destination yet. Where else have you lived? Well, uh, I have not lived anywhere else except maybe Germany when I was there for my six months internship. Well, I've been on holidays to other places for quite an extended period of time. I could say that I was in Australia long enough to try what living there was like, as well as in uh, the United Kingdom. Could you describe Singapore to the people who have never been there before? Well, uh, Singapore, it's somewhere in Southeast Asia. It's uh, very close to the equator. If you know where Thailand is, with Bangkok as a capital, it is about two hours flying time south of uh, Bangkok. If you know where Australia is, it is about six hours northwest flying time from Australia. And uh, Singapore, because it is near to the equator, it has a very tropical climate where it's usually summer, hot all year round, without any seasonal changes. The only slight season changes we have is 
when we have the rainy season where they just have more thunderstorms and rains and the drier season where you don't get so much rain and uh, you get more sun. Well, if you love to have the sun for most of the time in the year, you can come to Singapore or any of our neighboring countries. Singapore is also a very uh, one of the countries where we are not prone to any natural disasters like earthquakes or strong winds. This is because we are situated in a part of Southeast Asia where our neighboring islands or lands like Malaysia and Indonesia land, islands of Sumatra and Java protect us from the elements of the ocean. Are people from Singapore mainly of Chinese descent? According to the statistics here, Chinese descent carries about 60 to 70 percent. I'm not sure of the details. The next biggest ethnic group are the Malays, which is about 30 percent. And then the next one, which is about 10 or less percentage, they are the Indians. The Indians are usually from uh, South India. They were from South India. Other minorities include uh, Eurasians, North Indians, and also some uh, people, some Caucasian people who have uh, stayed over after Singapore became independent. What's the strangest thing you've ever seen in Singapore? Strangest thing? Well, everything here has been uh, introduced at such a fast rate that we get accustomed to things, but from my personal opinion, one of my strangest things is actually the one of the foreign foods that I eat here, and uh, it is actually the Turkish kebab. I mean, where usually they roast meat. Yes, we have roast meats. We can sell at a supermarket. But having the kebab, the meat cut into slice from a roaster, I think that's one of the strangest things to me. I've not tried it before. But after trying it, I love the food. And I'm sure go back for more. How are the laws different in Singapore than anywhere else in the world? Well, the laws here, they are quite strict. I'm sure for, my, for the American listeners, you may have an encounter about 10 years ago with uh, this youth, Michael Fay, who spray-painted, vandalized some cars in Singapore, and he got caught. And the penalty for vandalism was caning. They actually pull down your trousers, put you on a frame, and have a professional person to take a cane, a wooden pole, and hit your bottom. It's very painful. It's another issue about law in Singapore where there's really no, or should I say, little justice. Why? Because if you look at the opposition in the politics of Singapore, there's really very little opposition. Out of maybe 60 overseas in Parliament, there are only two occupied by the opposition. You can say that Singapore can portray that it is a democracy, but actually I think it's some kind of like a dictatorship with a one big majority party. Well, why do the 
rest of the world don't see it as a dictatorship because we just hold something called uh, elections and this what we can show the world democracy but I think it's really dictatorship it's a very clear case because when somebody from the ruling party sues an op smaller opposition party uh, there's very little fighting going on or very little arguments and it is usually the case where the proposition party will win the case with a lot of damages given to them another time is when you you cannot really freely express yourselves here because here they have many laws of uh, let me see what's that word yes they can sue you for libel if you just say any little thing wrong or if they interpret what you have said your political opinions in any way if they can manipulate the meaning to say that you are against them they can sue you for libel one of the really hottest issue now is the death penalty if you have catch the news the Australians are definitely very against it they are thinking of boycotting Singapore's businesses and I think this is the hottest issue and one of the hardest thing of the law in Singapore they can hang you for drug trafficking and it's a very tight requirement you need to only traffic more than 15 grams of heroin that is a very small amount and you can even get caught even if you do not stop in Singapore you just transit at the airport this is what happened to the Australian person I personally feel that Singapore has been very has been too strict on this Australia has been asking for clemency but Singapore doesn't want to give way I'm sure if these two countries want to negotiate any other business deal later for example Singapore wants to get some air rights to fly from Australia to the USA I think Singapore will have a very hard time because of this case so are people in Singapore afraid to share their opinions yes they are very afraid they, even if a radio or television interview goes to them they will usually brush them off the only place that some sharing is done is online through forums but then again the moderators are afraid of very strict uh, of very uh, sideline political views and sometimes they may edit the postings online so what is giving you the courage today to share your opinions well I have a feeling that the Singapore political party would not tap onto this interview so why not give it a try anyway I'm not really uh, that loyal to my country although I have to say I'm loyal when I am in the military what is the process that young people have to go through as they're drafted into the military because you have to serve two years right yes two years well it starts when they receive an enlistment letter and usually majority of us will go to the recruit training at an island called Pulau Tekong 
This island, it is an offshore island off the east coast of Singapore. This, uh, we go and with our parents and with our rel and uh, with our siblings, we go to this island on a ferry, and our parents will witness us swearing, or should we say, saying an oath of allegiance to the military. And uh, after that, we'll go to the cookhouse where you have a one so-called final meal before they before you separate to the camp and your parents and siblings to the ferry back to Singapore Island. Then, of course, they will change your identity card from the civilian style to the military identity. And, of course, after that comes the hardest time for some of us where we have to shave our head bald. Really, some people so, are so used to their hair that everything drops out and they're just surprised. They keep polishing their newfound baldness when they're done with the barber. And of course, finally, we will be allocated to our barracks and issued with all the uniform and other items. And we start the training proper that night. How do you get your local news, or how do you get national news or international news? If uh, you want it for free, we have the BBC World Service over the local FM radio. We also get radio news through the FM channels. Interestingly, in Singapore, we do not use AM broadcasts anymore. We have about three to four channels of English language broadcasts. And two of them show news. Uh, anyway, for the free television channels, all of them are owned by one company. So it's quite a propaganda kind of style. Although we do not broadcast propaganda because we do not want the world to see that we are propaganda-like. If you have cable TV, you can get your news from any source, including CNN, CNBC, the BBC World, and many other channels. If you can understand a foreign language, you can get the French, German, or Japanese cable television. For the print, there's only one printer or one publisher of newspapers. Well, why? It's because uh, so that those on top have uh, control on what we print. We have uh, one broadsheet in English, one tabloid in English. Well, you can get a news as and when you want, and many other things that may the government may not want to let us see through the internet. The internet is not very restricted if you get your source from uh, overseas. How do people in Singapore view the United States? Okay, for all the U.S. people, if I touch a very touchy nerve, I apologize in advance. We see the people of the U.S. as uh, being the biggest gangsters in the world, where they really uh, go there and rule the world. Opinions for the Iraqi war, for example, they were not very good here. But the people couldn't express their views because the government does not allow people to protest. And the government actually supported the United States in the Iraqi war. Why? Not because it is right in principle, but I think because the uh, government wants to win 
the friendship and maybe the contracts from the USA. Uh, if I have to use such a terms, I think the Singapore people see that the Singapore government are carrying the balls of the United States government, or they want to be the pet of the US. That's how uh, Singapore view the United States people. What are your views on how the government should fix some of the problems that they're facing with, with the Singapore people? Well, I don't think there's a problem because if there's a problem, the government will just use their Internal Security Act and uh, lock you up without trial and uh, maybe give you some treatments, some uh, treatment which I have not tried and I don't wish to try. Seriously, there's not really a problem here because everybody's like just listening to the government, being a good boy, being a good girl, you know, they are just uh, acting to the government, but in their hearts, I'm sure these are not their feelings. For me personally, I don't think the government wants to acknowledge that there is such a dissent or unhappiness because if that's the case, it will cause a lot of uh, breaking in this very fragile and uh, young society. For information, Singapore is only 40 years independent, but we have built ourselves from uh, nothing to a very big name in the world field. Here are the final five questions. What's the most popular automobile in Singapore? This has to be the Mercedes-Benz car. People just love the Mercedes-Benz car, and it carries a sign of luxury. When they go for weddings, they hire Mercedes-Benz. When uh, any VIPs, or if you want to bring a VIP around, you have to use a Mercedes-Benz. So, in my opinion, I think the most popular automobile is the Mercedes-Benz. What are people from Singapore's favorite pastimes? What do they like to do for fun? Okay, this has to tell it with a very local tune. We uh, actually like to do something called talk cock, which is actually sitting down and talking nonsense, or just groaning and moaning the day at each other. And we do not speak in proper English. We use something called Singlish. For example, eh, today how your boss ah? Eh, and the boss jalak lah. He took me with so many work. I OT and you like crazy lay. Well, this is a little bit of house English. Sounds like it is a very local language here, with its roots to English, and many words borrowed from Hokkien, a Chinese dialect, and Malay. What I said was was asking my colleague, "Hey, how was your day today?" And his reply was, "It's not a very good day because he has to do lots of overtime and he was overloaded by the boss." So I assume this is Singapore's pastime to go and uh, talk cock, or just to talk. What American movies are showing today in Singapore, if any? Well, what is uh, coming hot, is uh, currently hot, is uh, Harry Potter. I'm not sure if that is American or British, but uh, it's Western. And I think the next one that's gaining a lot of popularity is Chicken Litter by Disney. As a tourist, what's one thing you should never do in Singapore? Well, there are many things that you can not do. 
Singapore is known for fine city where they just give you fines for many ridiculous or very minor offences. For example, jaywalking, crossing the road illicitly. For example, spitting on the floor. For example, also not flushing the toilets or littering and many other little things. If they can't solve the problem, they just give you a fine so that they will deter you. One thing in America uh, a foreign tourist should not try to do is to uh, fiddle around with the political system in Singapore. There were some foreigners who did it and somehow now they are banned entry from Singapore. They are not welcomed visitors. The government in Singapore doesn't like foreign intervention. And final question, what's the one thing everyone should know about Singapore? Well, one thing I have to tell the world, it is whatever you see Singapore as, it's better if you come, ask the people, take a look yourself inside. Because what the leaders are trying to portray are not necessarily what the people think. Malcolm, it's time to play Ask Bill 3. This is where I'm going to turn the microphone over to you and you could ask me three questions about anything. So it's your turn, my friend. All right. I'd like to ask you about uh, Black Friday shopping. In Singapore, we are known to be quite uh, pushy people, especially when we have a big discount on sales and really push people into the shopping center. Uh, but of course, we do not trip over people. How about that in uh, Black Friday in the States? Is it really that pushy? Not so much here in Iowa. There are lines for some of the stores before they open up, but there's not that hysteria of we have to get this item at all costs. So if, if anything, it's crowded. People are, are mostly polite, but at their very worst, they're just rude. Okay. My second question is, I'd like to know if the states have an enlistment. Do they draft people into the military? Why I ask is because I heard some political people uh, were jumping the draft. There is no military draft, and there hasn't been a military draft for many, many years. However, there is mandatory registration. And every male over the age of 18 has to register, but it is still a voluntary staff. Did I answer your question? Yes. Uh, it is quite interesting to me because I get to understand that when the army or the military needs people, that's when they start to draft people. If there's no demand, they will not draft people. And now, my final question is, how does uh, America treat or uh, handle relations with their neighbors? For example, Canada and uh, Mexico. Are they on very warm relations or are they getting cold? Oh, I think that the relations between Canada and Mexico are always going to be fairly warm. I think that you know, there, there's always that fine line between how people feel about the governments and feel about the people. 
I think that because of the fact that they are so close in proximity, that those relationships between the countries will always be strong no matter what. Did I answer your question? Yes, that is a very interesting insight. Any other question? I'll give you an extra bonus question that you'd like to ask me. Anything else you'd like to know about the United States or Americans or anything else that you're not receiving as far as news or maybe some myths? Okay, maybe I'd like to ask, do Americans really think they are the gangsters of the world? Do I think that people in America see themselves as gangsters of the world? No. One of the viewpoints for America is that if America didn't be a part of some of the things that have shaped world history, what would the world look like? How would the world look without the United States? If America, for example, took a policy of that's not our fight, what do you think Europe would look like today if we had never gotten involved in 1940? How would the world look without the United States, if that makes sense? That is a very insightful thought. Thank you very much. Let me ask you this. How do you think the world would look had America never became involved with any of the conflicts going as far back as World War II or even Kuwait, for example? Well, uh, in relation to Asia, Singapore was hit by World War II. Definitely Singapore would have a longer occupation by the Japanese forces. And uh, I think America itself may become another country like Switzerland or Norway, where they are not very involved in the international scene. So, in my opinion, if uh, America did not do a little bit to uh, change the historical facts, Asia would not be that prosperous today with technology or with uh, communications with uh, the rest of the world. And is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, there are always two sides to the coin, and people will still keep bargaining or discussing about this. They discuss until the cows come home. <laughs> discuss until the cows come home. That's something we'd say here in Iowa. Malcolm, thank you so much for being our guest on You Are the Guest. Let me ask you this. How did you find out about this program? I was actually listening to a podcast, Josh in Japan, and I heard your little advertisement. And I say, why not? Let me try. Malcolm, thank you so much for being a guest on You Are the Guest, and good luck in Singapore. Everybody, thank you. Goodbye. If you'd like to be a guest on a future show, just go to our website at www.youaretheguest.com. Submit your first name, the town where you live, and a short description on why you'd make a good guest. There is no charge for being a guest, and you'll have the opportunity to share what you think and how the news and events from today affect your life. The show's producers will contact you by email if you're chosen for a future show. G'day, I'm Sly. And I'm Lynn. We're two cyberpunks from Sydney, Australia. Entry 42-6-9. Earth Podcasts. 
Griffin's Guide to the Galaxy. The Griffin's Guide is an electronic field guide for the interstellar traveller. It contains entries on science fiction, role-playing tips, cyberpunk news, technology updates, and reviews on books, movies, and computer games. We also showcase Australian independent music, indie, punk, dark wave, goth, and industrial. Visit us at www.grythonguide.com. Griffin's Guide. Time to wrap up show 22 of You Are the Guest with two songs from the Pod Show Ponsafe Music Network. From Florida, we're featuring Rayco Pipes and the KRB with Miss Marianne. But first, from my old stop at grounds, Oshkosh, Wisconsin, here's Road Trip with their song Crazy Feeling. From the great city of Fort Dodge, Iowa, I'm Bill Grady. Thanks for listening.
forever and I'm gonna get you plenty and I told you already I'm about to be painting Miss Mary Music provided from the Podsafe Music Network. Check it out at music.podshow.com.